Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Sound for Years podcast. I'm your host, Philip Beavers. But you can just call me Phil. Whether you know me in real life or you don't, it's nice to have you here. Thanks for coming on and listening. Uh, I'm super excited for what this podcast is going to be. This is really just kind of an outlet for me to ramble and an outlet for you to hear me ramble. Because who doesn't want to hear that, you know? Your old pal Phil coming on, saying, you know, wild things, crazy stuff. He's a weirdo guy. All right, we can get past all of that. Uh, but actually, though, I am really excited. I'm going to, you know, start bringing on people I know, people I work with, uh, my my business partners, my creative collaborators, everything like that. Uh, just kind of anyone, really, who I just want to bring on and talk to about whatever. You know, being a... Uh, a weird guy myself. Um, I, you know, much like everyone, we all walk around. We have random ideas. We have random things that we think about during the day. Um, and so I feel like I have a pretty zany personality. So we're going to, you know, whatever, dude. Fuck that. But yeah, this is really just something for everyone to be able to sit back or do doing chores, going on a, a trip going on um i don't know if you guys can hear that there's a fire truck uh that being said first off real quick we i'm in new york so if you hear sirens screams whatever that's the city baby anyways this podcast i really just want to be something for for anyone doing anything just needs something to put on Uh, i know myself as a avid podcast and music listener i uh just kind of listen to a whole lot of things when I'm doing chores or if I'm doing whatever it may be. I, I like to listen to something. We like to listen to things now. You know, it, it's nice to not feel alone per se, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, so this is this is really just kind of, it'll be uploaded twice a week, every Monday and Friday between the hours of 9 a.m. And, mid, and noon. I almost said midnight. Can you imagine? It's like that's most of the day, but whatever. Um yeah, this will be something for, you know, your weekend. You got some for the weekend. You got some for the week. Or you maybe you save it. <laughs> you know, maybe you're maybe you're a conservative listener. And you're like, no, nah, I'm going to save this for a rainy day. These are rainy day casts. That's what this can be for you. It can be whatever you want. It's open source. This is an open source podcast. It can be whatever you want it to be for you. And if you want me to talk about something, DM me at Mophead Records or email me. Phil at Bay1Entertainment.com. And... Or, you know, if you know me in person, text me. Let me know. You know, I I, I want to know. I want to know what people want to hear. I want to know what people want to talk about. Uh, I'll tell you what. It'll be a garbage take no matter what it is. And that's what you came for, baby. That's what you're here for. Garbage takes. Why else would you be listening to me? Come on now. We both know what this is. We're not lying to each other. But, yeah. Um, my name is Phil. If you don't know who I am. I'm a, uh, a lot of things. Uh, I'm a you know sound engineer, uh, music producer, film producer, media content creator, whatever you know. If there's a hat, <laughs> I'm putting it on. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I am the co-VP of uh, Bay One Entertainment. Uh, that's why my email is Philip Bay One Entertainment dot com. That uh, we are a, just a media content producing house, uh, narrative, commercial, you know, educational, documentary, 
within narrative, do you want to do feature? You want to do short? You want to do, you know, whatever. Uh, we try to make any and everything happen. We like to use all medium because, you know, not every story takes one art medium, you know, some mediums are better than other for certain stories. And that's what we like to try and find. That's what we like to try and experiment and kind of keep, keep everyone and ourselves on our toes with all that kind of stuff. So enough, uh, enough, uh, shameless promotion of my own company. Um, let's get down to the nitty gritty things. You know what I mean? Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Uh, first off, uh, you know, I might date myself a little bit with this, but we'll get right into it. Um, Eddie Murphy recently, I got an award um, at, I think it's the Academy Awards. And he, he gave advice on how to be successful. And one of the things was like, you know, work hard, whatever. And one of the things he brought up was keep Will Smith's wife's name out your fucking mouth. Um which is funny because obviously him and Chris Rock are good friends being, you know, the co- comedy stand-up powerhouses that they were during their prime and during their reign. Uh, and then eventually going into what most stand-up comedians who do well go into is just comedic acting because it's really all the same. It's all showmanship and performance. But what's interesting, I think, too, about bringing in comedians is that, you know, with actors, I think you're, what you're trying to do is be able to play whatever you need to play to fit the role or to fit the story or to, you know, whatever, to get the job, I guess. Um, but with, when they start casting comedians, they do it almost like specifically to try and cast that, like an act, you know, like you, you, you bring them in to be like, Oh, if you like his humor, then you'll like him in that. But it's like, well, unless they wrote it, technically that's not their act or like their bit you know like take dane cook for example like he didn't write some of those movies that he was in at at the you know top of his career or whatever his like peak hotness he didn't write those movies but you you go see them to be like i'm seeing dane cook which was like so funny that he was like the hot guy and you look back and you're like he's the most average guy but then it's like you know he's a comedian he's funny he's got charisma he's silly he's not he's you know he's not afraid to like you know embarrass himself i guess or to be weird and like you know be confident within that that's like a big thing uh for it's not even like just women it's really just people in general just like that and that's why we all you know gravitate to it i know you know some cis white straight dudes or just cis straight dudes are going to be like, you know, Oh man, no, I just like him. Cause he's fun. It's like, no, nah, you're a little bit attracted to him. It's fine. Like that's, that's the appealing part. He's appealing to you. It's fine, but that's what it is. So just do that. You know what I mean? And if you have an argument about that, don't want to hear it. Don't care. I'm going to keep that opinion no matter what. And there's nothing you can do about it. Um, but also about that Will Smith joke that's funny to me um, is that I love that this is still being brought up to clown these fucking millionaires. Like, I hope this never goes away. It's hilarious to me that this is even who cares about what millionaires do. And like he slapped someone during the fucking Oscars, I believe. Yeah, the Oscars. Bro. Like, it, what's annoying is that he did take away from some of those, like, bigger achievements that happened that night. That is really fucking annoying. It should, what should have happened is he got slapped and then we move on. But 
people get so freaked out because it's such a prestigious event. You know, something, oh my God, someone acted up at like the fucking, you know, uh, white tie or black tie dinner or whatever. Like people freak out about that because the only people who care about that shit are people who are there and the people who want to be there. And like, I so badly want to be in the room, bro. Like the award shows are so fucking corny because it's like, how are you going to try and put objective awards onto like a completely subjective form of art? There's not... Even within, like, saying, oh, well, no, but there's objective, like, the categories, like, lighting, costuming, composite, like, composition's not even on there, and that's a more technical thing than just, like, uh, 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 I guess you could say cinematography, but, like, there's so many things within just cinematography and how you should, like, I don't know, like, they're, they're, you could try and put objective things, but it's, technique does not necessarily create an objective category for judgment, you know? Being able to do a technique is one thing, but that's not necessarily saying that it's a good or that it works in the context of a film and telling a story and all that. So it's like, and then you do the same thing with music. How are you going to put best on anything when it's like, I like this, I like. If you have to say, I like to describe something, you sh- there's no like objective thing, you know? At least with like, you know, with the word shows like scientific or technological, there's like analytics to go by. Like, so if if you started calling the Oscars like best selling movie or like best engagement for a film or a documentary or whatever, or like most festivals and like wins at festivals, because then like that's analytics. If you're going by statistics and then you're giving, you know, you're giving the people who want to measure their success and their project off of those metrics, you're giving them that chance to do that. But then you're also allowing for room within the genre and like within creating for this industry and this medium of film or music, whatever it may be, you're leaving room to then allow for people who purely want to do it off of pure like creative integrity or who want to do it purely off of like just the actual act of expressing themselves through art. You allow them to not feel like to be heard. And you also allow for the audience to feel this way too, to like to be able to hear someone purely for art and not just for sales or for like popularity. Like you, I think you allow for stronger bases to be built. And I guess it would be more like cult-like in the sense where it'd be smaller, more niche and more like nuanced community about why some people you know like that genre or like that artist or whatever but i don't know i th- I just think that like i think if you're more honest with people instead of just saying best flat like flat best no like let's do it all let's see who wins on a financial and like on a marketing level i would love to see that honestly and be like wow who who won it would be the same people who go to the oscars though now that being said no, not even that being said. You could still do it for new genre, for new artists as well and like up and coming and like soon to be what I you that that's where you look at marketing. Now then it becomes a little bit more like I think I think that also then doesn't give journalists and critics as much excuse to like promote or diss on certain albums because they can't be paid off. Cause then if you're a critic, you're not doing it to be like, well, let me just critique this popular. You can critique popular stuff because popular, but then you also need to back it up by, you know, giving 
reviews and like encouragement or discouragement to other bands that don't fit the tart tart uh, uh, chart topping categories and aren't like just billboard artists, artists, which is what I call them, which is just only artists who, oh my God, that was my neck. Only artists who really make music to hit those goals or who have launched themselves because of their talent or their popularity, you know, whatever their appeal, they've launched themselves into the zeitgeist of pop culture and pop media and and whatever to the point where they can only really be one of those billboard artists unless they were to just ghost everything. But then it's like you would probably accrue so much debt and so many like, you know, whatever it's subscriptions or like monthly fees and bills. And now you've got all these responsibilities with money. And it's like, so now you can only be a chart topping artist and like can only really strive for that. Cause now you've got this label behind you. And if you've got like Columbia or, uh, or like uh, uh, Sony or you've got universal or you've got, you know, Def Jam, you've got a TDE, you've got, you know, ba- uh, Bad Boy Records, you've got Rock Nation, whatever these big ass fucking Sunset Records, you, all these labels that have so much pressure on you now because they're like, well, we invested in you and now we want to invest again. But then you will only be able to fulfill those needs by being a chart topping artist. And I guess like give them their award shows, allow, the, you know, Marie Antoinette, let them eat cake, let them fucking idolize the celebrities who have these crazy fucking numbers. But also, let's just be honest so that there's integrity in it. And we're not, people don't feel so butthurt when like you don't win or like when their favorite doesn't win. Cause then it's just like, well, but that's not what this was about. This was about chart topping. So then also, if you want your, your artist to win, you can canvas and then like also try and like promote and like, get more engagement for this artist to get them up there. Then there's a metric to go by, not just like some uh, some uh, like council or committee or board that ends up voting when it's like, who are you to decide what the best thing is? Unless like you're, I don't even, there's no one who's technically quote unquote qualified to say what the best is or isn't. Even I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't even say like someone like Quincy Jones would be able to do like that or like, you know, Aretha Franklin, people who were like monsters in music and uh, monsters in the sense of like popularity and scope and scale of like career. But I don't even think people like that would be qualified still to like critique or say what the best is or not. Or like, you know, people like John Williams, like I wouldn't even put scores in front of him and be like, which one's like, which one's the best? Because it could be completely different. To everyone, we all we we all hear frequencies. We all see colors differently. <clears throat> I don't know. That's my little creative artist um, rant for right now. Let me drink some water real quick. I think it's just funny to me. Um, but then to go back to it, this third reason I wanted to bring up the Eddie Murphy thing. Um, I want to have, I want to hook up. Uh, with a woman who has no hair. I want a bald bitch. Biatch. You know? I want to see what that's like. Like, just palm the top of their head while we're, like, kissing. I feel like it'd be really interesting, honestly. And I, I mean, like, you know, you could do short hair. I've hooked up with girls with short hair and, you know, dudes with short hair. But 
never someone who was like shiny bald or like re- like like just a number one or a number zero on the Clippers type shit, you know? Like I want to fucking grip the top of their head like a basketball. So that sounds cool to me. That sounds like a nice time. Nice, nice time. Woo, baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm chilling. <laughs> What's happened recently? There's been so much happening recently. I feel like I can never keep up, especially with like news and everything. Um, there has been a trend though. <laughs> this makes me laugh, but. There's been a trend about, like, gang stalking and, like, quote-unquote schizo posting, which already is, like, no, dude. Like, you don't know what schizophrenia is like. You're just saying schizo to, like, describe someone who's, like, having a manic episode, which is not cool because you create a stigma that's still around schizophrenia and, like, kind of making people, like, afraid of it because you make people seem, like, volatile and unstable, Um, which is fucked up because, like, it actually is, like, a heartbreaking illness, but whatever. We're not going to get too super sad about it. But um, within this quote-unquote schizo posting, there's this like trend of talking about gang stalking. Uh, and gang stalking is like when you use a group of people to intimidate or kind of like gaslight, which is a buzzer word now I know, but like to kind of like gaslight someone into thinking that like they're being followed and that they're being recorded and that like they're always under supervision with like, which like if you do what gang stalking is, they are. Which is, like, the fucked up because, like, you want them to think that, like, they're out of their mind. And then you have, like, you know, regular day gone. Like, so if you don't know what gang stalking is, it's when you get, get like, a you have a target. And you basically, like, set up, like, a Truman Show-esque type of situation for them where everyone's in on it. Everyone's, like, looking at them or acting weird or, like, you know, uh, you have people just kind of, like, walking by multiple times. Like, making them, like, think that reality is surreal or, like... Or, or, or like, fucked up, you know? Uh, making them think that they're crazy, basically. So, I, I've i been, like... <sighs> I think it's funny to try and, like, kind of do that to someone. I know it's, like, you shouldn't. Whatever, shut up. Um, I think it's really funny still that you can, like, walk by someone a couple times to, like, look up and, like, look for you. And you can just, like, then be across the street just, like, looking at them. And then they look down or like they get scared or they say something and you walk away and then you never see them again. And then they just have to sit with like the, not fear, but like feeling of knowing that someone was watching them closely. And that to me is kind of funny. And it makes me laugh. So, you know. Um, but I did that to like this dude recently and he was definitely wigged out and it made me laugh a lot. Not like a lot, but like, and here's the thing. I'm not like spending like 10 minutes at a time. It's like a minute or two inside of like a McDonald's or something. Like you act like you are like leaving and you open the door and he's not looking and you close the door and you walk walk up again and start like ordering. And then like, you know, I got like one other thing. It was like a couple dollars. And then like you leave and then you come back and you, you know, pretend like you're leaving if it's like, you know, something you can eat quickly, you just like eat it and toss it and then you go up and order again. And the guy was like, what the? Like I saw him look back and then look forward again. And then I left and I and that was it, you know? Um, and, and I hope for the rest of the day, he was like, did that guy order something, eat it and then come back? Or did that, did I see the same guy through? I'm so, what happened there? Because then guess what? He'll never see me again, ever. 
but he has to know and live with the fact that eyes are on him, man. Eyes are on him. So. Um, I went into a bathroom recently, like kind of a nice studio. Um, why are we trying like so hard, overly hard, I would say, to make bathrooms smell nice? I'm not saying I want to smell piss and shit. So before you go ahead and say that to me, no, I don't. But here's the but. I don't need three distinct and pungent scents to be overlapping just because you dislike the smell of poop that much that you need to have like a sickening, like a nauseating amount of odors to mask it. It's just poop. It's just poop. That's it. You know, it's nothing crazy, just poop. So stop freaking the fuck out about poop. Who cares? About pee. Dude, if you've ever been, if you live in New York, you know for a fact that like everything smells like piss. Most things just smell like piss. And that's how it is, you know? So you smell piss a lot. You should be used to it. You should be freaking out about the way piss smells. How many times can I say piss and poop and piss and poop and piss and pee pee and poop poop papa? Fart. Throw up. <laughs> I'm a fucking child. <laughs> But I don't know, man. I'm I'm just like, I'm tired of leaving and just being like, I feel like I was just like attacked with perfume and like an, what is supposed to be nice and what would be if it was one. But when you have, like I said, like three, even two, it's too many. You don't wear two perfumes or two colognes on purpose. So stop spraying so much shit in a bathroom that I'm fucking like walking in and be like, like it's the equivalent of just like eating just straight, not even just straight sugar, but like melted, like just the sweetest thing in the world and like, but the scent and it like hurts, it hurts my widow nose. I don't like it. Stop doing it. Uh. But yeah, um, I'm having a hard time in my life differentiating sometimes between push and pull doors. Um, I know that there's like a science or like a like marketing, not marketing, but like there's like a thing that they have done where I don't remember where I read about it, but I remember reading about this like almost like science behind push and pull door handles and how they're supposed to inform you whether it's a push or a pull. But what I think they fucking forget is that unless it's a flat wall with just the fucking metal rectangle like screwed in so you know where to put your hand to push it open like a fucking hospital or kitchen door, it has a pull and a pull push function as a handle. Any handle can be pulled or pushed. If it has a way to grip it and it has a way to like maneuver it as an extension of the door to, to manipulate the door, it has a push and a pull function. So there's no way to really inform or like, you know, uh, uh, forecast what it's going to be necessarily. And, you know, as someone who gets it mixed up a lot, 
I would like that we just have more concrete and more like definitive lines on what is a push and what is a pull so that we know what the fuck is up. I'm tired of them using either the bar that goes all the way across or like little rectangle like you can kind of slip your fingers in and like push or pull it. That one should be more pull, right? You would think, but I've seen it on push doors. So either we cut it the fuck out with that bullshit or, or, if it has a handle, it's only pull. And if you're going to do a push, you just do the fucking little flat metal rectangle and you just have to run into it. Unless it's like for a disability. But then I feel like the handle on the on for pushing and pulling is also just as ableist as not putting anything at all. Because for the people who can't use the door that has no handle, there are people who can't use the door that does have the handle. So someone gets fucked. Who are you going to choose? You're going to play God, huh? You're going to play door God over here? You're going to play fucking door God? I have decided, fuck you to this one group of disabled people. You're a piece of shit for that, door God. Fuck you, dude. Fuck you. How about that, dick? So I would like us to get it together as a society, or at least as a country. Like just It can be just America. That we decided. Europe has some stuff figured out that we don't, vice versa. And Asia has some stuff figured out that we don't. And even within Asia, there's, you know, there's Northern Asian, like Russia. There's Western Asian, like the Middle East, which is, it's funny, it's called the Middle East because doesn't East technically mean it's not the Middle, whatever, we want to get into that. Um, but yeah, some people have other things figured out. I would like for America to be the one to solidify what the fuck is the push and pull narrative and what the etiquette is on push and pull. So, chop, chop, snap, snap, get on it. Thank you. Um, so, it's a good time. It's a really, 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 really good time. Um, but, yeah, so that was dead air for way too long. So, I, I, may, I may end it here, to be honest with you. Um, about 26 minutes, not bad. I'll go for a little bit longer, fuck it. Uh, I'll do this. Thursday, so I, I was talking with a friend a little while ago, and this insane psychopath that I didn't know I was hanging around a crazy person my entire life, not my entire life, but for this relatively short period of time, I was working at this one place and they were also working there. Uh, this motherfucker said, Thursday is the start of the weekend. Uh, What? Are you out of your mind? No, the fuck it's not. <laughs> like, I understand if you're saying the end of it. Th- it's not even. The weekend is when you finish work. And because because some people's weekends are not on Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Some people's weekends are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Your work schedule could be different. So to me, a weekend, because time is relative and it's we made it up. That's why we have April Fool's Day, if no one knows that. April Fool's Day is when we switch from the Gregorian to the Julian calendar. uh, Or the other way around, I forget. Um, We switched calendars from from before to what we have now. And what was before is that April actually used to be the first day of the year. So April 1st was the start of the new year. Now. At the change, January now became the first of the year because we pushed everything three months back because we added October, November, and December. Right? Right. So, 
uh, uh, when they were out. Oh, sorry, sorry. So we change everything, right? And the only people who don't know about this because April, like how the weather is now in April, was actually fishing season. So there were fishermen who were out at sea for a long time. When they came back, they thought it was the start of the new year. And so April Fool's Day actually used to be known as Fisherman's Day because it was like a joke to be like, oh, what are you dumb as a fisherman on New Year's Day? Because like they didn't know. So they came back and they were being like, Happy New Year. And everyone's like, shut the hell up, dude. You smell nasty. Also, it's not the beginning of the year. We have changed. Please go take a shower. You've been at sea with other men and a bunch of fish on the ocean for weeks. You smell like fucking garbage, Claire. Clarence. I want to say Carl, honestly, but the, the L became, it came before the R. Fuck, the L came before the A, so I ended up saying Claire, and I said, fuck it, we're going with Clarence. So Clarence, get into the damn bath. Nasty ass. Um, but yeah, th- that's the history behind April Fool's Day. So, um, since time is a construct, your weekend can technically start whenever during the week, right? So, what I say is, the weekend starts when you are finished with work on the last day of your work week, right? Or, if you do it sporadically throughout the week, like you work like, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, okay? Your biggest gap is... Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So you don't really get a you don't really get a gap. So you don't get a weekend because you have a very interesting and weird schedule. So let, hey, let me take it back then. Let's say you work like this, okay? Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, right? So you're going Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off, then Wednesday, Thursday off, and then Friday. Your weekend is Monday and Tuesday. So your weekend starts when you're done with work on Sunday, right? When you're done with work on Sunday, the rest of that Sunday, that's weekend, okay? That's why people go out on Friday. That's why people can go out Saturday. You can't go out Sunday. So if your weekend, if your week was like what I just described, your weekend is Monday and Tuesday. So you really only get Monday to go out. You get, you know, you get Sunday night and you get Monday night to go out. Tuesday, you should not be going out. Because if you have work Wednesday morning, you got to fucking stay in. Unless you're a psycho or you're a hero. And you know what? Who am I to tell the difference, right? So that means you... But then, because you have Thursday off, you can go out Wednesday night. So you actually can be even better to yourself by not going out on that Tuesday night and waiting until Wednesday to go off again. Because you already have Sunday, Monday, you shouldn't be greedy with that Tuesday. On that Tuesday, stay home, get your meal prep going, you know what I mean? Like, get your shit right for the week, so by the time you get to the next Sunday, you're going crazy, you know? But if you're, so like like I was saying, the gap, the largest gap you have within your work week and your work schedule, that's your weekend, right? So, that to me, that's the most versatile and that's the most flexible way of doing a weekend rather than being like the weekend is, you know, week is Monday through Friday and then the weekend is Saturday, you know, 
end of Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Because, you know, with the work from home stuff and all the remote work and everything that was going on, your work week can be absolutely crazy. You know what I mean? Like, it, it can be completely different. So now, I think the weekend definition needs to change to be more flexible with this. And also, I saw that uh, they're now starting to do four four day work weeks. So, you know, now we're looking at now, now Thursday can be a weekend if you have Friday off, but if you don't have Friday off, I'm sorry, Thursday cannot be the start of the weekend. That's crazy because if you're still going to work on Friday, you're not done. It's not the end of the week, you know, but if you have that Friday off, that's the end of the week. You're, that's the weekend. That full day is a weekend. So then you're going out Thursday. You're going out Friday. You're going out Saturday. You're going to have three days of going out or doing whatever you want to do. But then come Sunday, then you really have no excuse to go out on Sunday. You really don't. Because one night, you're going four days in a row out. You have a problem. You have a problem. Okay? You also are spending too much money already. Or do whatever you want with your money. I don't really care. But I'm just telling you, like, I feel like it's smarter if, you know, you don't go out on that Sunday if you already had so much time off. Then you're coming in Monday morning and you're fresh as fuck and you had a good, satisfying three days of going, three nights of going out, two, three mornings of not having to go to work and being able to do what you want to do. That's a three mornings in a row. That's crazy. Or if you could switch it around. If I'm going to be honest, I would rather have a Saturday, Sunday, Monday off rather than having that Friday off because Mondays just feel like shit. And if that's not the what majority of companies and businesses are doing, then that means on the worst day with the worst morning traffic and the worst, you know, uh, uh, rush hour traffic on both ends of the, of the day there, I don't have to deal with that. If I don't want to, I can schedule around traveling around that. And then Tuesday when everyone's in a better mood, I have more room and more sympathy to then maybe be in a bad mood on Tuesday. Not that I'm looking for a sympathy, but I'm saying that like if no if no one else is having the Mondays, but I'm having my Mondays, you have more room to like, you know, not be shitty necessarily, but like to kind of be like, ah, sorry, I just like I was rushed today. And it's like you don't have the you know, they, no one can say, well, you, you know, you had yesterday. No, I didn't. I was chilling. I was getting over my Sunday scaries on Monday. So that's how I would configure it, you know, and I'm the smartest man in the world. So I don't know what to tell you. you kind of have to listen to me. I am actually the one who's capable as a throwback here. Here's a little com- a callback. I am actually the only one who's capable of critiquing music and saying what's best and what's not for the year. I make those trends. I am the tastemaker. I'm the tastemaker. Dude, uh, fuck, wait, what am I? Uh, the, I he is the toy maker. From Spy Kids 3, game over. I don't remember the name of the actor who plays the grandfather, but he, I know he's a famous actor. I know I'm dumb, whatever. I don't remember he's phenomenal, but um, I'm going to end this here. So thanks so much for listening. This has been the Sound for Years podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode. Really, really happy uh, to finally be making this. Uh, I know if you know me, I've been talking about doing this since I don't even know how long. Uh, So to finally be doing it is really, really fun. 
Uh, and I can't wait to have my guests on and to start hearing back from you. So like I said, if you want to tell me something to talk about, if you want to give me anything, I'll do whatever. I'll review music. I'll, I'll If you give me an album, I'll listen to it, okay? I'll review music. I'll watch a movie. I'll watch a show. I'll do whatever. I'll talk about whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to try to stay away from politics and religion for a while because I probably don't have the expected view you think I have. I'm going to leave it at that because then it's vague because if you thought I was more conservative, maybe I'm more liberal and maybe vice versa. I know what I'm definitely not. I'm not ascribing. And we're not getting into this. I, I oh, you almost got me there. I almost started talking about it. You're not going to get me to do it. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much. Uh, follow me at Mophead Records on Instagram. Um, and also email me, DM me. You can email me at phil at bay1entertainment.com. So thank you so much for this first episode. This has been the Sound for Your Ears podcast. Bye. Bye. <laughs>